Welcome to Oncology Data Advisor, where we explore the latest advances in cancer research and patient care. Thanks for listening to this episode. Be sure to visit oncdata.com for more content, including expert perspectives from leading oncology thought leaders, FDA approvals, patient advocacy, and much more. And don't forget to subscribe to Oncology Data Advisor on social media to stay up to date on the latest videos, podcasts, and more. Hi, I'm Rachel Tucker. I'm one of the second year Hemonc Fellows at Northwell. I'm also one of the members on the Fellows Forum. And today we have a really exciting episode for you because February 14th is National Donor Day. And so obviously, because we're a medical oncology podcast, the type of tissue donor we're going to focus on is bone marrow. But um, to everyone that's been a living donor or a deceased donor, thank you so much for your contributions. Uh, you have no idea what the what this gift means to others. And um, we really do hope more people will get out there and either sign up for Be The Match or another organ donor registry after hearing this. So um, the guest I have today is William Smith. So we've been friends for quite some time. So, um, Will, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. I am a high school teacher. This is now my 11th year that I teach history. And um, before that, in college, I um, had signed up for the Be The Match registry. And um, before that, you know, when we were friends in high school, I was in scouting, earned my Eagle Scout, and... um, actually donating blood is kind of what first got me into being aware of uh, donating in general. Oh, that's so exciting. I also uh, remember all the blood drives we did in high school. So that kind of prompted me to, um, what was your process like for when you signed up for the registry? How did you hear about it? Uh, So I was walking, it was my first semester in college, and it might have even been before classes started. So I was walking back to my residence hall, and they had a pavilion set up, and it, I mean, it didn't cost me anything, and the chances of being asked are pretty low. So, you know, and ultimately, it may uh, may never have been called, and you can always say no if you need to. So I signed up. They did a swab. I mean, I think it t- took two minutes to sign up. Wow, that's really interesting. But you were actually called too, right? Twice, if I remember correctly. Yes. So I was going into my last semester of college and they called me. I didn't know who it was at first. and uh, But then when I talked to them, they said that I was a potential match. Um, but the timing wasn't, I wasn't sure with school and how that would all work. And I, I really didn't know what the process was and how in-depth it would be and how long I would be away from classes and all of that. So I asked if it, you know, because it was my last semester, I asked, can it be a wait a few months? And uh, then they never really got back to me. And then, so that would have been 2012. So then three years later in 2015, I got a call um, saying that they had a potential match. And I don't know if it's the same person. I, it could have been the same person, could have been different. I'm not sure. Um, but when I talked to the person, they said that he was actually surprised that I was still on the list because apparently when you decline... Uh, they take you off the list. So I, I guess I seemed willing enough, just the timing was wrong. So they left me on there and called me a few years later. And um, so I, at that point, I'd been teaching a couple of years and I had time and I was like, you know what, I can, if I can help someone, I can help someone. So I went in and did the more detailed testing, found out that I was actually a match. And that's when I found out that the the process really isn't that in depth. And it really didn't take a whole lot of time or I mean, effort on my part there was 
a week or so of preparation and then a day. So it really wasn't as much as I was worried it would be. So um, ultimately, pretty easy. Uh, I'm really glad to hear that, um, especially for you, since you did this anonymously to someone you didn't even know. Um, like, I feel like a big concern a lot of our patients and their families have when they go for this registry. They just don't want to put someone in so much discomfort, whether it's a family member or a stranger. Can you talk about that week and what it was like for you? Yeah, so, uh, and you can speak more to this, the way that they used to do bone marrow donations was actually taking the bone marrow, and so that was a more intrusive process. Um, but what they did for me is, and I, and I think this is how it's done now, is um, they gave me steroid shots, I think it was, for about a week or so leading up to it to increase the number of stem cells in my blood. And then on the day of the donation, we went to their center, they put us in a hotel and everything, and um, it was like, it actually reminded me of donating in high school because one of the first times I donated, I did the platelets where they, the blood is pumped out, they cycle it for the platelets and then put the blood back in. And that was really uncomfortable because the blood coming back in was cold. So it was really uncomfortable. So I was kind of nervous about that, but you know, I was a match for someone, it's worth it to help. A few hours of being uncomfortable for myself to help someone, like that's, a fair trade. And um, so they hooked me up to the machine, you know, the blood's going out. And when they pumped it back in, it actually, I don't know how, they insulated the tube and it was not cold. So I was pleasantly surprised on that. It was really not very little uh, discomfort during the whole process. I had to sit in a chair for three or four hours, listen to some music or watch a show or something. And um, ultimately all the stem cells were taken out, they collected what they needed, and then I didn't hear anything for six months to a year, I, I don't know. Um, and then ultimately they gave, since it was anonymous, they gave my information to the recipient and it's up to them if they wanted to reach out. And he did, they, they gave me like basic information. It was a college age young man from, I wanna say Canada. And um, he ultimately did email I reached out at some point and we exchanged a couple of emails, but you know, it's not about getting to know him. It was, you know, helping. It doesn't matter who gets it. Um, and you know, I, it really wasn't a factor because I had signed up to be on the mat, be the match registry in the fall of 2010. And I guess by then, um, so my, my dad's father passed away in the spring of 2011 from leukemia. Um, and so I guess he was already sick at the time, but that, wish I could say that was a factor, but it, I mean, I might've been aware of it, honestly, I was in college, so I don't know if I was much aware of that or not, but, um, again, signing up really was just service, it, very little discomfort or issue for me and the opportunity to help someone. It's like clicking that box to be a organ donor on your, um, driver's license. It, it costs you nothing and it can help someone ultimately. So you should do it. If you can help, you should. This is kind of the way that I approach it. Oh, that is such a sweet way to think about it because I, you, you did put in a lot of time, like especially with the isolation, the week, the medicine that you also had to take before to prep in the travel. But um, it's really refreshing to hear someone's that just did it anonymously for a different donor that they didn't even know where the patient was because it's it's so it's such a generous gesture 
And um, the other part about transplant is, especially when we're talking about leukemias or lymphomas, oftentimes a patient getting a transplant is a difference between whether or not we can cure their cancer. And so it is a huge component of the treatment and to see donors like you really make a huge difference, it's, it's so refreshing because we often don't get to meet a lot of the donors too that are anonymous. So I'm, I'm really happy you came on with our podcast. Do you think there's more that you, about your story that other people should know? I actually need to check and see if I'm still on the registry. I, I honestly don't know. Once you donate, I don't know if you stay on the registry or if you're done. Because if I'm not on there, I, I want to sign up again because there could be someone else out there that needs bone marrow. Oh, that's a, that's a good point. I signed up for the registry about the same time as you do, and I, I still haven't been called. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, even if you don't want to sign up, if it sounds like it's too much to donate for bone marrow, um, even just donating blood, like I need to get back into doing that. I've donated as often as I could throughout college. And then I had some medical issues where I couldn't donate for a little while there. So, but I need to get back into that because that's less, less time, less effort, um, more immediate. And it's still a way that you can help out, especially like I have O positive blood. So I know that's useful to the medical system. So I, again, I can help. I probably should get back out there and start donating again. Well, thank you so much for your time. Well, we really appreciate having you here. So happy to be here and help out. Mm -hmm.